This is CliffCentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the CliffCentral.com website where there's a show for you. CliffCentral.com. It is Friday morning. This is Sex Talk with John T. Searle and Tamar and some really cool guys in the studio. This is really awesome. Brucey is here. Hello, everyone. And Louis de Barros from Mumba Online. Hello there. You've got to talk closer to the microphone like you're really going to smoochie it. Okay, got it. Get up close and intimate. There we go. That's so much better. Better. This is really awesome. The story of Mamba Online, which is one of the longest-running gay media platforms in the country. Um, I met you a long time ago. Yes, you in did. In the days of the Baroness, and we're going to talk about that. <laughs> so this is unradio. This is unscripted. This is uncensored, and we would really love to hear your questions and your comments about all sorts of things. So WhatsApp us on zero seven nine seven four eight two zero nine zero. And we're going to do something fun first and see if anybody is smart this morning. We need to put that on and then we can do this. Chocolate starfish. Twitter bag. Calipogean. Today's dirty dictionary word is... Looning. Looning. Dirty dictionary word. Looning. I couldn't resist this one when I saw it. So... Any ideas, Louis? <coughs> looning. looning. Well, immediately mooning jumps to mind, but um, I'm sure that's not that. Um, you are so far out really? of the ballpark. <laughs> oh, no, that takes away mine. <laughs> oh. no. I was going to go into similar territory, but looning is when, you like, is when you really look at someone when they're mooning. Yeah. So <laughs> you're supposed to look away when someone moons you, but if you happen to get a thrill and decide to look, that's, you know, your that's looning. Nowhere no. near. Or that you're loony. Nowhere near. Nowhere near. Oh, sure. Okay. No so we're not smart. Either. That's great. We can be no. just hot. That's fine. Absolutely. There we go. So towards the end of the show, and I remember that last week I forgot to tell you the dead dictionary word at the ah, end of the show. I kind of liked which it. Which was rhabdophilia, which is uh, getting aroused from being flogged or caned. Mm, okay. okay. Rhabdo. Yes. It's good to know these so words. Just if I yeah. remind me at the end of the show, <laughs> please, in avoid. case I forget, and I will tell you what looning is. And okay. the safe word. If you think you know what looning is, please WhatsApp us 0797482090. And just before we started the show, I got some really cool news. Where are you going to be on the 30th of May? Wherever you're going to tell me, most likely. First retreat in Mozambique starting really? on the 30th okay. of May. Then, then deal. So at Tartaruga and all the uh, information and stuff will be I'm writing soon. it now. Um, and literally just a little while ago, I got the dates from Courtney, Yay! which is so exciting. It is exciting. Um, to be up in Mars swimming with the dolphins. Mm. Mm. So that's really, really It's a good cool. season in Mozambique as well. Mm. Not too hot. It's great. It's great. Fantastic. So that's our first retreat for the year. Okay. Can... That's a, important to know. Mm. Okay. So, we should all be there. Yeah. I'll be there. K- 
Can I tell you mm-hmm. where not to be? Tell me where not to be. In the Fifty Shades of Grey new movie uh, in cinemas. Don't do that to yourselves. I don't think you ever thought. We saw it together, the first one, well, John. I T. saw half of it. Me too. <laughs> and then we I walked had out. Yes, and then I was in that. <laughs> so the third one, such a waste of time. Wow. It's a waste. Of Bad movie. Not even I, I, don't, I don't call it a movie I call it a commercial to Audi Yeah And uh, And some nipples right. oh. And some How do you call it Obliques Come get it Yes What's the name of the actor That we all want to shag Jamie Doran Yeah so He's shaggable And she's very shaggable No full frontal nudity On his Na- part No oh, nothing So unfair yeah. And he and shags With the most boring way And it's just nothing That's horrible Because he is such a good actor And you know Two weeks before We saw the first Fifty Shades I saw him in this amazing Miniseries Where he plays a serial killer Oh, oh. And it was a British movie He's British um, so yeah. it was, it was or, or Irish or whatever. Irish, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> it was so dark. It was so fucking evil. And then he goes and does that shit. Listen, like, this shit is nice as a commercial. Oh, no. And but this one, from is like, his point of view, I'm sure oh. he's made whack loads of money from it. Mm. So anyway, I can't even lie. It's like it's. I, I thought even to make a porn like video in my head from it, and just to think of it and fun. There's not even. There's nothing. Mm. Yeah. There's nothing. They're dealing with a pregnancy. Oh, they're being attempted to be murdered. No, no, it's like it's a cliche in a cliche. Don't see it. So that's it. We summed it up. Don't go there. Go to the Mozambique Mm. retreat. That's it. Sounds like a plan. Absolutely. So, uh, my mind line. (laughs) It starts with all. A long time ago, I hadn't been doing what I do for very long, working in the field of sexuality, and I get this phone call one day or an email or however it happened. About the Baroness. And I think, oh, what is this? Looks interesting. And that was where we first met, I think. Yes, that's right. Was the Baroness. Yeah. So the Baroness was a cross-dresser. Edwin. Edwin. Yes, that's what I remember. Yes. He, yes. Oh, well, I mean, he'd probably describe himself as a drag artist. Okay. And his persona was the Baroness. And, uh, yeah, and we, we produced, uh, my company at the time that, uh, I was involved with, a production company, we produced that show, and it was wildly successful. It was great. Fabulous. I, I really enjoyed it, mm. and, and the interview we did was fantastic. I remember. So, yeah, it was really cool, and that was where I first, which was a long time ago. Yeah, and speaking of full frontal nudity, yeah. I, as far as I'm aware, um, that was the first South African show to ever include Full frontal male nudity on South African TV. Oh, oh wow! Okay. I think it's the first time I've ever seen it on South African TV because yeah. mm, wow. I saw all so the that. That was kind of landmark. Yeah, yeah. Mm, we definitely okay. broke broke boundaries and barriers with that show. Yeah, mm. it's on Showmax now. Hey, you can watch it on Showmax. I'm not actually sure, really. I think so. Mm. Wow, well, that's yeah. interesting. Because I, I watched it recently. So I would love to go back and and mm. and watch that. I, I think that's um, fantastic. I'm almost sure it's on show. Okay. Is it the South African yeah. Rocky Horror Picture yeah. Show? Kind Do you know of? what I think is quite sad? It's been a long time since there has actually been a South African sex show on TV. You know, a, 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 I don't know what you'd call it—a reality series. Mm. Mm. You know, that really is looking at aspects of sexuality in South Africa. I'm an awesome idea for a show. So anybody listening is interested. Okay. Give me a call. Yeah. Give me a call. I think it could be, re- but it's been a long time since we've done something about what's happening in South Africa sexually. Definitely. In aspects, it's I think something that's really missing. Where did Mumba come from? Some Mumba. I mean, we, it's been going for over fifteen years now. Um, it came from, uh, you know, just personally as a gay man and 
back in the day and and seeing that local gay LGBT media was really kind of very weak um, in South Africa and, and there wasn't much out there and I felt there was a need personally and I thought there was a need also for the community and people out there to kind of find a platform where we could express ourselves, where we could find out what's going on in the community, where we could talk about issues, you know, pretty critically that, that affect us. And so, you know, I, I started as a, as a sort of side project and um, yeah, and it's grown and, and blossomed since then. That's fantastic. What kind of response did you get when you first came out with, with the platform? Cause it always took quite a strong stance on things. Yeah. I mean, I think <clears throat> what we tried to do is, is, is really be, as I said, critical, have critical thinking about stuff and, and, and question things. And, um, and I think that that was kind of very lacking at the time. So I think that was quite new, um, for, mm. for the gay media here in South Africa. Yeah. Okay. And the impact on you personally of launching that? Well, you know, I kind of describe myself now as a professional gay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> because my life is often so intertwined with what's going on in the community yeah. and dealing with these issues mm. um, that it's sort of really become my life, mm. um, which is kind of weird. But, uh, yeah, that's me, the professional gay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and how's it grown? What's it gone through? Well, I mean, you know, the audio, we've grown very naturally. Um, you know, there's not a lot of money in this really in terms of the gay community. We don't get a lot of support from advertisers. Um, as That's much as really we, interesting. Yeah, mm. We have this great constitution. We have, you know, but the rea- reality is that we actually a very conservative country and advertisers are very mm. conservative. Brands are very conservative and they don't necessarily want to associate with something that's, you know, very visibly gay or LGBT. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, it's been a process of word of mouth, a process of, so we haven't had budgets to do lots of marketing and advertising. So it's taken a long time. It's grown organically. Um, and, you know, we, we're reaching over 80,000 unique visitors a month now, which is pretty good for a South African niche, niche site. That's mm. fantastic. But that's really interesting because, you know, you keep on hearing about the pink rand and the pink dollar yeah. and, and all of this, which is an enormous um, group of, of of people spending money around mm. the world, yeah. mm. um, and and it's a you know you, you see brands that are that are advertising to the the pink market internationally. They won't do that here. Mm. There's a reticence to do that. There's a, a fear of offending the mainstream consumers. I'm not quite sure what it is. There's a lot of ignorance. I think mm, it's ridiculous. Um, it's going to fall. Yeah, mm. and and so it's very frustrating. And you know, every time I have to deal with a potential advertiser, it's not just a process of saying this is our website and this is what mm. we do, but it's also a process of educating them about why they should be, you know, targeting mm. our community, why, they, how they should be reaching out to us, um, and and what are the issues involved. So yeah, I mean, and, and the irony is just to back up what uh, Louis is saying here is that it's such an aspirational market. You know, mm. we're talking about people who, for the most part. Um, not to generalize, but generally in the past, it was two people with a double income, yeah. no children, you know, and you had, and there's a, a lot of aspirational lifestyle qualities that are associated with people from the LGBT community. So it's a market that everyone knows that if you want a suburb to, to start looking better and improving, let the gays move in and mm. start gentrifying the, the community. Yeah, and then all everything of a sudden, gets upgraded. And then all of a sudden the market just, goes through the roof and it's the same thing in terms of the, the, the pink round in general and and I think the sooner the South African market realizes how powerful and influential the pink round is and the pink market is the sooner 
uh, things will be better for everyone across the board. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think we're also, you know, as a community, we can also be very loyal consumers because when we see a brand or a company that speaks to us and says we we recognize you, we want to engage with you, it makes us want to, you know, be part mm. of that brand, to consume that Definitely. product, to buy that product, to be part of that mm. that experience. And that's something that, that advertisers in South Africa haven't quite yeah. realized. Yeah. I've seen mm. diesels going in some directions, and Nike even, to do kind of going to specific communities and talking mm. to, let's call it the difference. Okay, yeah. they do mm. campaigns. And I that made me even love them more. Well... After China, okay, let's kind of like, okay, child labor, but no, they speak about, yeah, I love them now. So you understand the point. But the issue is that companies are starting to diverse and allowing themselves to be more and more open to different communities and minorities, mm. etc. But this is not a justification. This is really the, like companies should take a lead and take and really make a statement. Yeah. What is this? What is this discrimination? It actually freaks me out that I think of big brands they don't want to have their commercial associate or their brand associate with gay people or you know with the community that freaks me out still I can't believe it what's interesting is is that there are organizations who've woken up and there's uh, companies like Globe Flight and Avis for example and they have noticed the the huge benefit in supporting LGBT events and LGBT businesses and so they are they're basically you know shooting fish in a barrel in terms of the market that they're getting and and the business that they're getting because I know as a gay man I'm much more likely to rent a car from Avis than anyone else because I know how prevalent uh, Avis is when it comes to the different festivals mm. in and around South Africa sure. and the and the money that they yeah. put behind mm-hmm. the, these it's, things. You know, it's fascinating then is <clears throat> how deep that prejudice actually goes to allow people to, or for people to allow it to affect them from a business point of view. Yeah, that it's so far beyond, mm. you know, a personal prejudice or a personal um, issue with being gay that so many people have. And we were talking a little bit about this earlier. Is that inherent? Um, shame. Yes, I mean in our I, society. The, the advertising industry is full of gay people. Yeah. Yet they're often, I think, and I and I've actually spoken to people who've told me this that they're actually afraid to bring this up to their clients because they feel they don't want to be pushing themselves or their, you know, or their agenda, their agenda. Their agenda yeah. to the, the and so they agenda. they're actually the ones that are <laughs> are not wanting to so it's a and that's really comes back to the whole kind of sense of this internalized homophobia this internalized sense of shame and that you know l- let me not kind of go there um which is which is sad it is and it's amazing how deeply that goes to mm. to really impact even as i was saying on economics on yeah. business and how limiting that would be Wow. Have you had some brands and organizations that have been with you all the way that have supported? Well, we the brave and health for men. Uh, <laughs> oh, what a question. Well, <laughs> that wasn't a setup, people. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, but not really. I mean, we've had, we've had a few airlines that have come and gone. We've had a few car brands. But, but the interesting thing is that even those that, those that do advertise with us very rarely and almost never, do they actually create campaigns that reflect our community? Mm. So, so they'll advertise a car or a, or an airline, but they won't create a campaign that includes, you know, gay or lesbian people, mm. or transgender people. It's very rare to see that. Um, and, and 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 I think that's. It. I mean, once we even had a, a, a an online um, flowers uh, retailer who advertised on our site, 
and their ad, the picture, the image of on the ad was of a, a guy giving a girl a flower, a rose for Valentine's Day. Mm. Um, and that's the ad that they sent us. And I was like, this really doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Unless it's a brother and a sister. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really, because even that net florist ad, you know that one that's been on the radio? Yeah. That had quite a lot the, of controversy. Yeah, because the voice that they use is essentially, if you put it in, in a context, it's it's tending towards somebody who's gay, yes. who's reading well, the ad. That's, I mean, that's debatable for me. So yeah. He's effeminate and he's a character. And I do know straight people that speak like that. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. But I'm one of the gay people who... who Feels, I don't feel insulted by the ad mm. or upset by the ad at all. I think it's hilarious. I love the they character. They are funny and yeah. they do some good writing. I disagree. I, I hate that ad. I, every time that man's voice comes on the radio. Switches. Uh, it's just, I, I really think, and, and it's not just, I, I disagree because they, they drop hints that he is gay. Yes. So it's not just the voice or, or the, yeah. the same tone. But it's they, say it. <laughs> yeah. So so he says things in the ads that makes it clear that he actually is gay. Yeah. And it's just for me it's just such a stereotype. It is. You know, and, and sure stereotypes exist and people of all kinds exist, but when it's always the same stereotype that you keep mm. seeing in the media and ads, then it just sort of you know, at least let's have diverse stereotypes. That's the mm. thing, because mm. if you look Good at point. if you're judging people purely by the way that they talk or an effeminate nature, you are gonna put so many men in a category that are not gay mm. and Absolutely. and so many men who if you meet them in any context you would never on the surface say this is a gay man yeah from dress from mannerisms from the way people speak you know there are gay rugby players there are oh, gay professional hi- hypermasculinity oh, is absolutely. very common in the gay community that, yeah that you would never think about some of the guys that you, that you played rugby understand. with yeah completely that from a from an external butch af yeah, yeah. So it's a fascinating, uh, fascinating thing. Mm. Well, John, hmm. I think you can relate to that, to stigma and yeah. how people oh, think what you do. Exactly the same category over the years. They imagine this guy that basically sits and pervs on whatever, you know, or this gigolo sitting behind the desk. <laughs> Come sit on me, darling. I'll solve your problem. Whatever the pe- people are yeah. thinking. Yeah. But if companies will not, you know. You have been invited to a very interesting place to 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 give speeches. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. So stuff. that that's a good step in the right direction. Mm. Give us some hope, Louis. <laughs> Tell us about <laughs> things hope. that work. Tell us about letters you receive or people that mm. do wish to ident- identify with your well, brand. I think I think the most amazing thing and the thing that keeps me excited and going is is f- f- getting a sense that you're making a difference. That mm. that you know. The news that we put out there, I think we, we do a pretty good job um, of keeping our community informed and letting them know what's happening, what are the issues, what are the concerns. Um, and it's it's really amazing to get the feedback and to get a sense that you actually – and especially when people – you know, we often break stories of people who experience discrimination, mm-hmm. who experience hate crimes. And to engage with them and to see that we can help make a difference is is incredible, mm. and that's the most exciting thing about uh, I think about what what we do. And also, I love the sense of trying to help build a sense of community within the LGBTI community because yeah. we are so diverse, we so um, varied, we from all kinds of different backgrounds and have all kinds of different experiences, especially here in South Africa. And to try and you know, it can be very difficult because we're so diverse. Is to try and build a sense of unity because we can accomplish a lot like that. Absolutely, I see the same thing within in the conscious sex community. 
that unfortunately it is such a split community, but the power of togetherness mm. is amazing. And allowing everybody to be who they are in that space. Mm. Um, and I don't want to put it in, in, in the way that we're fighting with the world, but in a way that's what we're doing. Yes, yes. In, and and when this. we fight with each other, you know, we, we often in our community want others to hmm. be the way we want them to be, to have the concerns that we want them to yeah. have. And, um, yeah, and, and if we, we kind of stopped that infighting, I think we'd accomplish a lot more. Of course we will, absolutely. You know, we were involved with quite a lot of discussions before Pride this year. Yeah. Um, and so much of, of the politics that went on there just detract so much from the essence of what these experiences and events are about. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You've got to have quite a thick skin to do this. Yes, you do. Because you get targeted a lot. You know, I've had a lot of that as well. Um, well, I mean, I, I must say I don't get targeted a lot from, from you know, homophobes or, or surprisingly not directly. Um, but, you know, you've got to have a thick skin within the community and, yeah. and to, to kind of hear everyone's issues and everyone's concerns. And people are very passionate about the things that affect them and the things that they – um, feel are most important and should be brought to the fore, and so you've got to be able to listen and um, and understand and try and give as much space for everyone mm. to speak and to have uh, have a voice. Yeah, and that's the thing that the more we can talk, the more we'll find common ground. Yeah, rather and we than got, but also listen. Talk, yes. we, it's very easy to talk. Absolutely. I mean, uh, we don't have a lack, lack of people talking, <laughs> um, it, but but the listening part. Um, and really listening, I think, is where, yeah. where the problem lies. You know, with a lot of couples, no, not with a lot, with every single couple that comes to see me, and this is across the board, and I work with gay people, I work with straight people, I work with bi people, across the board, every single couple, I teach a communication framework. And the biggest part of that is learning to listen, yeah, not to talk. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But learning to listen. To I think really we all need that. I think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's huge. I think one of the big things as well that is a, a challenge and I, I, that I relate to with regards to the work that, that Louis does is in, in this inclusivity that is required in this incredibly diverse community and a community that is also changing organically by the day, you have to be cognizant of the fact that people use certain expressions and terminologies and, and labels that people mm. use today will not be appropriate tomorrow. Yeah. And think so, for example, about 10 years ago, the term queer um, was seen as a, a derogatory or negative mm. connotation or term to use. And so nowadays, queer is quite a friendly term that can be is, has been adopted by the community and people love to use the word queer and it's, it features everywhere. And then in the sort of in the trans and intersex community, there are all sorts of uh, terms and, and references and, and ways of, of being um, represented that have changed very dramatically mm. over a very short period of time. So if you are going to share the views of these communities, you need to make sure that the, the way that you share the um, information about these communities and the way that you represent them is the way that they want to be represented, mm. which can be very challenging because it ve changes very rapidly over a very short yeah, period of time. It's a minefield yeah. that you walk through. So you need to consult with those communities mm. so it's not so i think louis and i can't just 
say what we want to say about uh, we can't speak on behalf of LGBTQIA+. Yeah. We have to make sure that we speak to the I, we speak to the T, we speak to the Q. Is this okay with you? You know, <laughs> I otherwise, love that. Yeah. yeah. Because and otherwise... And the acronym, I mean, it's growing. It goes on and on and, and on. And I was reading something this yeah. week about where it's actually going overseas. Yeah. And people were saying it's just getting so out of hand that you've got to kind of go back to... LGBTI. It's eventually going to go yeah. down to OM. It's <laughs> going to be OM. But in yeah. a way, I like yeah. it that it's not being diverse yet or like, okay, let's categorize it because mm. maybe one day it's going to just outrule the straight people. <laughs> it's just going yeah. to be like, hey, look at us. We're a huge bunch. Now there's more of us yeah. and these people are just the weirdos. That's the only thing that makes me still happy in yeah. that idea of not dividing and still trying to make the evolution of this diverse, well, you know, different... There's a very interesting thing about race, and people use race and identities, religious identity, sexual identity, in so many different ways to categorize our world. And people use it more as a force of isolation and separation than inclusion. Uh, the fundamentalists yeah. But if you look at the world And the way the world is going Because of the way intermarriage is happening The way that different relationships are happening The way that people are spread out Around the world now That this idea of sort of being pure In any way is, is so far gone And the way that we're going We have this incredible mixture Of, of genes and populations And it's so exciting because of what it creates. Mm. Yeah, I think there's there's an interesting dynamic where we we are in a identity kind of culture at the moment where everyone is is trying to assert themselves and say this is me, this is who I am. I want to be treated a particular way, I want to be referred to in a particular way and and there's that assertion of me being different from and and being proud and being different. At the same time, we're also in an era of this fluidity where, you know, people don't want labels. So, you know, so whether it's sexually or gender, it, fluidity is kind of also in. So there's this interesting yeah. kind of um, contradiction between the two. But it's it's fascinating. And the sexual aspect of it is huge because there are so many straight men who are having sex with other men mm-hmm. um, and will they have no clue what to kind of call themselves in a way. Mm, yeah. Not that they need a label, but some people want that. It's important yeah. that they have some definition. But they don't want to be gay. No. Yeah. And they're not essentially, or they're not not. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, yeah. I'm not, but I'm not not. Well, with every passing day, it seems yeah. clearer and clearer to me that you are how you choose to define yourself. Mm. And everybody else has to stay, has to keep abreast of the fact. And and that's something that I'm finding really wonderful because, you know, as kids we were told by the people that loved us, you can be anything you want when you grow up, mm. but you can't be that. Yeah. You know, it's like one of those cheesy meatloaf songs. You can be anything you want, yeah. but you can't do, do that. that. But nowadays you can. If you identify with a certain gender or non-binary or a certain sexual orientation or or you want to be a guy who has sex with other guys but don't want to identify as gay, you can do that. Yeah. You can be what you want. There's a story. I think John Lennon wrote it where he said he went to school and they asked him what he wants to be and he said happy. <laughs> and they said, no, you can't be that. <laughs> Anything like, but. Yeah, you yeah. have to be a fireman or a doctor or a what. But he said, I just want to be happy. And they kind of missed the point. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing because if we made choices from the place of being happy, from loving ourselves, the choices we would make in life generally are very different to what we have done. Mm. 
the relationships we would choose would be generally very different. Um, instead of trying to fit into anybody's idea yes. or expectation of what we should be doing, because what we do and who we are are not always the same thing. Um, yeah. And wh- how that fits in, um, I think we'd make very, very different choices if we were allowed that. Absolutely. I think, yeah, that that's, I think, an ongoing challenge for people <laughs> from from yeah. all spheres of life, yeah. What does a professional gay do? <laughs> <laughs> Which animal is it? What do you feed yourself? And what are the habits? Or what is the habitat? Of <laughs> well, I mean, as I said, it's about being, you know, it's my professional life. So it's, it's you know, writing and researching and reading and, and, um, and watching and attending and interacting on all things around being gay. And not just gay, but, but around LGBTIQA issues. Mm. Um and sort of being what is the A? Because a lot of people get the get everything up to the A. It can be a. asexual and allies. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the Q <laughs> can be also so we're questioning. A. Yeah. So. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. X B L is doge. A B C. There's room for everyone. There's Definitely. room for everyone. So you are interacting and. Um, what would you say is the most the place the field that you find the most influence that you can actually contribute the most? Well, I think the one the one thing look uh, Mumbo Online was always conceived primarily as being a gay male platform, and and that's very much very selfish. It, it comes from my experience of of being a gay male and wanting to kind of. It, you know, share and communicate and interact with other people who also gay men. Um, but the site has expanded over the years to be more queer. So, and be more encompassing of LGBTIQ issues in terms of news and major stories that break around mm. that. But in terms of our lifestyle angle, it's more focused still on gay men. Um, but one of the areas that, that I'm very proud of is, is around hate crimes okay. and, you know, we report on. I think we're probably the, the most comprehensive platform in terms of reporting around hate crimes, and those are hate crimes that affect, you know, lesbian women, transgender women. Um, those often are, are the most, uh, you know, common victims of these kinds, this kind of violence. Um, and and I'm very proud of the fact that we've been at the forefront of that to a large extent. Um, and I think that makes a difference. I think maintaining awareness that this is a reality. Um, that people are being killed and and are being violently abused because of their identity and because they don't conform to how our society wants them to be is is really important. Mm. What are the issues that have changed over the years? Kind of what's come more to the fore? You know, on a global level, I think the transgender the the, the transgender identity is become incredibly sort of. Uh, become a huge thing in the world um i think the transgender community was not as visible five ten years ago Mm -hmm. as it is now and the transgender community is asserting itself in a way that it never did before and it's incredible to see that and there's this real sense of like you know self assertion Mm -hmm. um by the community and and that's been incredible and then also there's been that the, the the aspect of the fluidity that people don't necessarily also want to say i'm gay or i'm straight or and especially the younger generation, you're seeing this kind of ability to be sort of non-binary, to be fluid, to be 
one day I want to, you know, express myself like a woman. The next day I want to express myself like a man or whatever, or a combination thereof. Mm. Um, and, and that's also, re- and it's also a bit challenging for, for a site like Mumbo Online because, you know, we still focus on the identity of, you know, being a gay man. But what does that really mean these mm. days? Yeah, that's the interesting thing is what does it mean? And as long mm. as we can create something within ourselves that we are comfortable with, and allow for the change because life changes us and experiences mm. change us. Absolutely. And I've been working with people lately, quite a few people, men and women, who were in traditional hetero marriages and all of a sudden realized that's not who I am. Yeah. And, and, and perhaps, yeah, perhaps they were that at some point, but yeah. you know, there's scope for us to change in our lives. Mm. Up. And somebody, you got, you got, you got people scared now. Change and even <laughs> yeah. identify the fact that you've changed now. Mm. And somebody <laughs> said something beautiful to me a little while ago. She said when she fell in love with her partner now, a woman, she fell in love with the soul, not mm. with the body. Mm. Yeah. I can identify mm. with that. And then the body became kind of secondary. Yeah. In a way. Esther Perel touches it in one mm. of her podcasts and when she, she does like an hour chat with um, like a couple, lesbian couple, that one of them decided she wants to go to, to – she's a transgender and she wants to actually change completely. And there was a lot of psychological issues they had to deal with and they had to grow in the relationship and it was really amazing to see. In the end of the day, we are humans. We are just souls. Trapped in a body Sometimes we identify with it Sometimes we don't And the reality is to stay authentic So there's an interesting thing about that And um, I wrote an answer to some questions That you sent me Of an article that's out on the site today Yes, yes Um, And it was about relationships And one of the questions was What are the most important issues And I have to tell you Across the board That whether you are straight Whether you're gay Whether you're wherever you are The single biggest issue coming up in relationships is the idea of intimacy and that's totally across the board definitely that that's what people are looking for more than anything else mm. yeah sex is easy to have one way or another to find sex is not difficult to have sex is not difficult it might not be satisfying it might be quick but the sex part is easy the intimacy part is a whole different story and that's what we're all looking for and that's about this common heart within all of us, this common soul in everybody, that that's really what, what it is that we're craving and want. Absolutely, I think, yeah. I think that's a very powerful thing to, to get across, John T. Because I think, I think the issue is, is that sex scratches a short-term itch. Yeah. Um, whereas for me, an intimacy uh, experience creates a, a sense of satisfaction that has a Lasting effect So even if I have Like amazing sex With some random guy This afternoon It's going to scratch My itch for this afternoon Are you uh, uh, Implying something here Is he? <laughs> He's just well, making us it, We already I'm in our minds saying, Where is it going to happen? Gonna, it's gonna be is it a nice guy? Is it a nice guy? You know guy? what? I'm, I'm open to He's the suggestion just the body. But the point is Is that it's going to Scratch that itch For this afternoon mm. And it might last Maybe 24 hours But mm. it's actually going to Fuel or trigger The desire for me To go and have Some more fabulous sex but maybe yeah. somebody else Whereas if I have uh, An amazing An intimacy experience With mm. another human being And it's a profound Way of connecting With another soul It satisfies me In a way That has Much More far reaching um, Satisfaction For me yeah, And I think twist. That's the difference Is that you know Instant gratification It's like The difference between Eating a really good wholesome meal and eating a handful of Smarties. 
and great Smarties are awesome and whatever, but they're, they're not really that good for me. And the sugar is just going to make me crave more once sugar in, in the next two hours. You know? <laughs> once, once in a while. It's an analogy that I use a lot because yeah. food is a really important part of my life. Yeah. Is, is the different kinds of sex. You know, we have junk food sex. We yes. have fast food sex. Yeah. We have comfort food sex. And then we have gourmet sex. Yeah. We have like the fine dining sex. And that's got intimacy. Yeah. And that's it. And I know in my life, that's where I've gotten to that. That's for me what I'm, that that's what I want mm. is the intimacy. That's the greatest level of fulfillment. Me also. And, and that's the depth. That's where everything is. Cause from that, the most amazing sex happens. But the sex without the intimacy has a lack. Mm. Yeah. It's nice. Sometimes it's awesome. But then it's done, and now we want the next one. Yeah. There's often a bit of a sort of sense of emptiness, I guess. But as you said, I mean, the, you know, we all like to eat different kinds of foods, sure. and we all at different times. And, I mean, if mm. if you had to eat, you know, junk food every single day, you'd end up hating it, I'd yeah. imagine, or get incredibly bored. So, yeah, that diverse kind of sexual experience. and that Yeah, and that's um, the power yeah. is that diversity, mm. and that it's all there without a label. And in the moment of experience – Anything can be absolutely amazing when we're willing to have the experience. It's almost like and you would like to ask yourself, not am I gay or am I, you know, am I, am I lesbian? Am I, uh, am I conscious? Mm. Am I conscious to who am I today? So this is much more interesting in a relationship or even when you do any work with yourself, you know, when you want to do a new diet or when you want to know what you want in life, am I conscious about it? Well, you know, the fascinating thing is that we look at, so much of our lives in that way and we'll go deeply into the food that we eat into the clothes that we wear um, we look at so many different things about that but we don't do that sexually generally and we don't do that in relationship we look at this very limited perspective of if I have an orgasm once or twice a week then I'm sexually satisfied so I had a really interesting yeah Louis I, I mean I agree with you I think it's really interesting that it's one it's an area of life that we don't talk about no. to each other even in, when you have a partner your husband or your wife you you it's the one area as you said you're much more likely to talk you know about food about all kinds of things with each other and you'll research all the banting yeah. stuff that you and you yeah. learn all about it but sex is very much about you just you do it it's not really a talking thing you don't mm. talk about it so much you yeah. kind of just Get on with it. Yeah. Mm. I had a, an interesting talk with a client the other day, and it was a huge aha moment for her. We were talking about sexual experiences coming out of a pattern and out of expectation rather than a choice. And simply saying, from any experience, what do you really, really want? And how do you actually create that? Instead of just going mm. through this pattern that for most people becomes very orgasm-oriented mm. in whatever way, whether that's through um, manual stimulation, through oral stimulation, through some kind of penetration, um, instead of, wait a minute, how do you actually create an experience that's really fulfilling and that you really, really want mm. instead of just the pattern? And we were talking about this. I gave a talk on, on Tuesday night about exploring your sexuality. Tomorrow was there. It was absolutely and, um, fantastic. Thank you. And we spoke about the fact that one of the ways that you start creating a different experience is you need a different entry point into the experience, which means we generally follow a pattern. So we're sitting on the couch and we're watching TV or a movie and we touch and we kiss and we end up having sex in the way that we do. Mm. And it follows the same kind of body process that yes. we go through. So 
have a different starting point. Instead of starting with the kissing, start mm. somewhere else. And then don't go back into the pattern because you start somewhere else. So you start at step three and then you go to step five, four, five, and six. Mm. Start at step three and then go to step one. Shake it up. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it, these things have, have now developed a, a bit of a stigma to them as well. Mm. So, for example, and I can only really speak on, on my own behalf, but as a single gay man, I find it's easier to ask somebody whose name I don't even know that I can find on an app mm. to meet for sex than it is to ask that same person maybe on another platform to meet me on a date mm. or meet me for coffee. Mm. And, and even when I do get to the point where we are engaging with each other physically, I find it it's more socially acceptable from my perspective mm. to ask somebody like, let's fuck, would you, would you like to have sex or do you want mm. a blowjob, than to say, can you hold me or would you mind holding me or I need mm. to be held. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even saying it, just saying, um, imagining myself asking someone mm. to hold me makes me feel this like anxiety, big anxiety in my chest wow. and yeah. in my solar plexus. Because if you get rejected yeah. by saying that, then that's much deeper than if you, the guy says, "No, I don't want a blowjob." But yeah. to be told, True. you know, that's the, that's the thing. That's where the intimacy becomes. That's why it's a challenge because mm. the level of of intensity of that rejection, if you do get rejected, is so much. You know, it's so More much personal. higher and personal. Mm. And over the years, and so we rather just avoid it. Yeah, and doing what I do over years when I've had contact with sex workers, we've done some interviews with, with some sex workers, a lot of people in that field say very often somebody doesn't necessarily want sex or the sex is such a small part of what they want from a sex worker. It's conversation without judgment. Mm. It's intimacy. It's some physical contact rather than just the sex. Because mm. that by itself, in any way, whatever, whether you're paying for it, whether you're not, that's easy to get. Mm. I mean, I have I have a hypothesis, and, and I say this rather in my personal capacity than uh, not necessarily in my capacity as a sexual health advisor mm. for We the Brave and Health for Men. But I believe in it, that a world that uh, and a reality that incorporates more intim- intimacy will be a world that will have a lot less sexually transmitted infection, a a whole lot less um, risky sexual behavior, potentially dangerous uh, sexual behavior. And, and, and I think it's, it's the lack of intimacy and the lack of value of intimacy or the lack of knowledge on, of how to go about getting intimacy that is, is creating this reckless uh, sexual behavior yeah. uh, where people are just in the moment, you know, there's just, I'm with this person now. I don't want anything between us. Mm. I don't want a piece of silicone. I don't want a condom. I don't want anything. I just want, I want to be with that person while I can have him because I'm craving a connection. And that's the big issue. And I think that's, that's why so many people are not using condoms. That's mm. why so many people are having um, dangerous sex with people that they don't know well. And, and yeah, and I mean, that's not necessarily the, what the organization feels, but that's what I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I talk about that a lot as, as the transformational power of conscious sexuality, mm. of the impact that can have on society in so many ways, um, that if we're connected with that. And the impact that would have on sexual abuse and rape is enormous, Definitely, because that comes from more from people feeling so disempowered, so angry, mm. rather than it having anything to do with sex. Yeah, that that's where it comes out. 
Um, if you just look at the lens with which you look through, so the lens that you look through when you're like, I want to get my rocks off, mm. that has a very specific uh, lens and, and there's certain behaviors that, that are acceptable and that are not acceptable if you're trying to achieve that to get your rocks off. But if your motivation isn't necessarily just to get your rocks off, it's to make it – I want – Connection. I want real connection with another human being. You're going to go about things in a completely different way. It's not going to be just about finding a hole to put your dick in or, you know, or, or vice versa. It, it's, it's more about finding somebody that you'd want to be that close to, uh, that you can experience in a certain way. So, yeah. yeah. And the power is in the intimacy and in the connection. Interesting, and I spoke about this the other night as well, is that some studies have been done. Harvard did a study, Harvard in a uh, university in America, the, the longest uh, running study on happiness in the world, 75 years. And they had this amazing professors, head of this particular department, who kept the study going. And what came out as one of the top um, factors in happiness is a fulfilled, connected relationship. Makes sense. In whatever way you have that, because of the intimacy that it brings, that's the heart stuff. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think if you've got that at, at the core of your life, it uh, definitely uh, makes it easier to deal with everything else, I'd imagine. Yeah. And we're busy creating some new content for a YouTube channel and a new talk that I'm putting together on the impact that a happy relationship and fulfilled sex life has on work. So mm. it's something that business doesn't really want to go near because it's about sex. It's not about profit. It's more about profit than you can imagine. Because mm. the interesting thing is the happier you are at home, the happier you are at work. The yeah. more relaxed you are, the less stressed you are, the more creative you become, and so on. And so it goes, and it it's fascinating. Sense. So we're looking at that. And it's really, really interesting. I'm going to put you on the spot for a second here. Okay. As a single gay man <laughs> yeah. who came to a water massage experience. Yes. Talk a little bit about that. So, um, as I mentioned to you before, I had a lot of, uh, trepidation about doing it. I don't, uh, I don't really like people that I don't know touching me and I don't really like to touch people that I don't know. Um, just because it feels like a bit of an energy shock. Um, but what I, I really enjoyed about the process was that I felt safe. I felt that you held the space incredibly well. And it wasn't, there wasn't anything sordid or, or, you know, necessarily sexual about it. There was definitely sensuality and there were certain elements that could, that could have been seen as seductive, but a combination of the warmth of the water, the low lighting, the incredible mutual respect that, oh. d that was a across the board was amongst yeah. all the people who participated. Um, and a sense of, of reverence for, for what it was that we were there to do and why we were trying to do it made it very, very special for me. Mm. And I mean, I th I'm, I, I'm assuming, I don't know, cause I didn't ask everybody, but I, I think out of the, the 10 of us, I think there was only one other person who identifies as gay. Yeah. And that, that didn't matter. You know, I found myself in a, a group of, uh, of people being quite expressing quite a bit of intimacy um, with one another from with various sexual orientations and and identities and I I didn't feel othered or different or strange or and that was just such a wonderful experience for me so it was definitely something that I found initially very challenging and scary but 
something that I'm very grateful that I've, I've experienced. And that's really fascinating. It's one of the things I love about so many of the things that I do. And even tomorrow we're doing a, a, an introduction to tantric massage workshop. Mm. And it's for everybody. It's, not, it's regardless of, of what your sexual orientation is because it's about sharing that space of sensuality without the label of it being anything sexual mm. and the limitation. And it's something that I think if we could all share on that level, could make an enormous difference to connection and the way that we see each other. Mm. Yeah, I think it could go an enormous, it, it has enormous possibilities in, in, in removing so much prejudice. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting too, because for me, I'm one of those people where when you when you talk about sensuality, I'm or I immediately assume it's going to become sexual. Yeah. Yep. And that's something that that's why I, I'm also not a very naturally physical people, a uh, physical person with other people, because I, I kind of ha- I never I have this fear that you know it's going to the, you know it's an irrational thing, but that's kind of how I operate. So it, it is really interesting to. I imagine go through an experience where you it's you realize that it's not sensuality and sexuality are not necessarily the same thing. They can be together, they can often together, they but they're not. Be, yeah, but they're not. But they don't have to. Yeah, yeah. and it's a, it's a big thing because I talk about it so much that generally you're right. We as soon as somebody says sensuality, we put that in the sexual arena and we put it more as foreplay yeah. than anything else. Like exactly. it's going to lead to somewhere. Yeah. But firstly, sensuality is how we experience our world. Senses, mm. our senses, sight, sound, taste, touch, smell, the delicious coffee in the morning, all sorts of things. Mm. Um, and when we start getting that and we get the connection between sensuality and intimacy, that's where things start to change enormously. Also, the value of, of an opportunity to be vulnerable. Mm. I mean, in life, we're supposed to be successful. We must be hard. We must be thick-skinned. We need to be ready for any event or any situation or any potential conflict. And that's great, and that's good for business, and that's good for being able to deal with everyday life. But there's also a, a need for safe spaces where you can be vulnerable, mm. where you can let your guard down, where you can trust another person or another group of people. Mm. And that was what was so incredibly powerful about the experience for me mm. was that I was so vulnerable, but I felt so safe. And I would not have been able to be vulnerable if I didn't feel so safe. And I think I just had this incredible sense of of relief and having been able to be that vulnerable and to just let my, myself go and trust that I'm going to be okay. And I was, I was perfectly well kept and, and held in the space. Well, you can come back. <laughs> Thanks. In fact, on the 20th of February, you're going to come back. That's our next one. So we're going to give somebody an awesome Valentine present. Mm. Come to Warner Massage, and we still have a couple of places for the introduction to Tantric Massage Workshop tomorrow. Do, we, do where, it. Where, where would you like to take Mumba? Where, where do you see it going from where it is? Um, I, I, I really would like to take it, um, make it more of a pan-African um, uh, site and a platform mm. because I think that's really lacking um, in the rest of the continent. So I, I really would like to see sort of Mumba – Uganda, Mamba, Nigeria, Mamba, mm. Kenya. Um, that that would sort of that's that's my dream, mm. is to to have a sort of platform for um, LGBT communities, queer communities in uh, on on the continent. Beautiful, thank you. Well, I would certainly love to contribute mm. more. I'd love in you terms to. of content, um, and I think mm. that would be fantastic. Are you contributing now? I well, my first 
contribution or connection is is there this morning on the site. Ah, so way. That's and, nice. And perhaps we should mention the, the site's yes. uh, address. Please, please. Oh, it's when been mentioned all over our social media. Yes, yes. well, we, yeah, it's <laughs> www.mumba, like the snake, online.com. So yeah, it's something completely different. I thought I'm going to see a lot of shops there or a lot of brands. And in the end of the day, it's the most informative, wonderful, interesting site. Mm, it's, it's really I, just go. I haven't even mentioned why I wanted to come on the show in the first place. Well, you've got two minutes to do it. Well, so basically, it quickly. it's just because my relationship with Mamba is a personal one. I mean, okay. way back in 2000, uh, I've already started interacting with Mamba. I've been a contributor in many different ways in my personal capacity. And now, oh. professionally, uh, we, the Brave and Health for Men, works closely with Mamba. But it's just a fantastic platform that allows so many voices to be heard in one place. And it's my go-to when I'm looking for content that I want to share across my different platforms whether Perfect. it's Health for Trance or We the Brave Perfect. because it is so inclusive and and you're so willing to adapt and change as is needed and I think that is just so valuable thank you Bruce Amazing. so thank you guys for being here this was really interesting discussion it was so important Learning. Yeah, Learning. Learning. Yes. <laughs> so we did get a message from somebody says, I'm so bad with guessing the dirty dictionary words. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if it has something to do with Looney Tunes. It well. doesn't. Oh. Oh. <gasps> Learning or being a lunar is a fetish for popping balloons. Oh. <laughs> I don't believe it. No, no, it's not possible. And that's why I couldn't resist. Uh, do you really think so? Like, is it the actual. No, just the, the popping, popping? popping. blowing up. Just what the fuck popping. is wrong with you, man? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? No judging. No. Okay, no, no judging. Judgment. But if you are, <laughs> do not knock on our door. <laughs> there is a great game that you can play with people there with are balloons. Lots of great games where you, you try and pop the balloons. the balloon between your between bodies, your but you're not allowed to use. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. but it's hilarious. You have to use your pelvis. Yes, it's fun. This has been really cool and. We would love to be and contribute more personally and as, as sex talk. Thank you. And so I'd also when love stuff to. Is, is going on, please, we'd love to know about it and, and offer the platform. Fantastic. Because it you. is so important. And vice versa. Also very happy to contribute here as well. Thank you. Um, so we are all happy families. We all love each other. <laughs> and as I was talking to somebody last night and said, it's a really bad joke and old, but it's still cool. We're all so happy and gay. <laughs> <laughs> we are indeed. <laughs> and that's really cool. Um, please visit www.eroslife.co.za. Uh, YouTube channel, Eros Life, is a lots of cool videos. Um, and there's more and more. 30th of May, Mozambique, Tartaruga, mm. Wild Dolphins. Awesome. Dolphins. Scheduled. Um, absolutely. Uh, Tuesday the 20th Water massage And tomorrow As I said Still a couple places For the um, Introduction to Tantra massage. And Can I just say If anyone very would, quickly, would quickly. Anyone would like to know Anything about HIV prevention Or treatment You can call us At call for care At 071-683-3226 okay. 071-683-3226 Good job Brucey awesome. We wish you all So much pleasure This is Cliffcentral.com